This is Financial Standard, the definitive source of news, thought leadership and analysis for Australian wealth management professionals. Financial Standard. Take the lead. Hello everyone, this is Chloe Walker from Financial Standard. Today we're going to be taking a look at the ever-changing asset management space. Joining me today is President of Northern Trust Asset Servicing, Pete Cherowich. Welcome Pete, how are you? I'm great. Great to be here. Appreciate the invitation. Great. It's it's great to have you here. So I understand Northern Trust recently teamed up with Coalition Greenwich to conduct a study on the evolving asset management landscape. So I'd love to know what were some of the most interesting or even surprising findings from that. Yeah, sure. First of all, I, I would say that we actually went out there. We had over 150 respondents and ranging asset managers ranging from you know, small 250 million up to over 150 billion. So a good representative sample. Three things really surprised me. One is that 57% of of the respondents cited volatility as the top industry challenge. Okay, that made sense. But 82% say it has not impacted their growth plans at all. Mm. And that that tells me the very optimistic bunch because they got a lot going on, but they still want to have growth. Um, And so then it goes, well, what's happening on the growth side and two-thirds of the managers felt that performance right, is the most significant challenge. Now, if, when I looked at that, I said, well, that's interesting because you might think that 50%, if, if half the managers are doing well and half bad, right? but two-thirds actually said performance is an issue. So maybe beating the market's a lot harder than people thought, right? and, and this indexing really is coming to play. And the last one is uh, 43% of the managers identified cost cutting and increased efficiency over the next four years as a key strategic priority. And for me, if they if they need to get growth and they're citing volatility as a problem, they're, you know, only two-thirds and say performance, I would have thought that they need to spend more money on improving performance and getting growth out there. So they would have tried to figure out how to get costs to go down and get more efficient because they need more cash in order to improve performance and distribution. Yeah, that's so interesting. <laughs> now, the white paper following the study, it suggested that asset managers continue to face considerable adversity. So I'd like to know what are the main challenges that they're dealing with? Yeah. So obviously, I just stated on the performance side. So that's the first yeah. one, right? You, and in this business, hey, performance is it. You, you perform, you, you get money. If you don't, you're going to lose your assets. But then you go back and say, well, how do you improve performance? And talent management was 50% said talent management was key. And that's a huge challenge. And that's because you, you need to get individuals, right, that actually understand asset management, can pick the stocks and bonds, et cetera, but also all the back office of sales. So, and I think industry-wide and in financial services, talent's huge. 35% said data. So there is a lot going on in terms of they have to be able to get the data in order to do a better job. And then actually, 31% said outdated or stale tech. And so for me, when, when I looked at all that and the challenges, it, it sort of goes back to my first point, is that if you're trying to improve performance and you, you say talent is a key factor in that, well, where are you going to put your money? You should be getting better individuals to manage the money, right? Better distribution, really focus on the front office. But in order to do that, you really need to look at outsourcers like us to focus on the data and the out, you know, the outdated tech, right? Um, and so for us, that that helps. And if I can say one thing around data, what's interesting now is so many fintechs are popping up where they have 
very nice engines that can end up giving you uh, better insights to how you should invest and things like that, but they need to be populated with data. And so what the outsourcing industry that we do in asset servicing is we curate the data and make sure that it's in a position where asset managers can actually use it and spend their time making better decisions, not trying to do the back office and middle office work. Right. That makes sense. Um, Interestingly, as you mentioned before, 82% of respondents said that the recent volatility has actually not led to a significant rethink of their growth plans. In fact, um, I noted in the report that just over 20% of APAC respondents, they said that they expect their assets under management to significantly grow, independent of changes in market valuations. So why is it, do you think, that asset managers in this region are feeling so optimistic? Yeah. So first of all, everyone loves optimism, right? Um, you know, <laughs> it's hard to run a business and ask somebody, are you going to grow? And if they say, no, not at all, we're, we're going down. We're in trouble. Uh, that's not very good. <laughs> Yeah, so it doesn't surprise me that everyone says, okay, we're, we're going to grow. But if you look into the survey deeper a little bit, you know, 52% of those that responded said they were focusing on new products or investment strategies. And so what that tells me is that even though they're having performance issues, right, the two-thirds said they were about performance, they're addressing that in some way by new products and new strategies and really optimistic about those um, doing well. And then another interesting uh, piece that I found in there was when the portfolio managers were asked, right, what are they, if they're trying to uh, achieve more alpha, all right, um, 47% said they want to develop more quantifiable and disciplined investment process. And so what's interesting about that is you realize the concept of a star portfolio manager and they just pick the right stocks, that's kind of going away. And what organizations are looking for now is actually taking data, utilizing that, and having tools that outline exactly how the investment process should work. So um, we invested in a company a little while ago called EDS. And what EDS does is it takes data in, and it has a philosophy that you really make most of your money from the four or five or 10 stocks that you're really convicted on. So if you have high conviction, that's where you make your money. The rest of your portfolio is diversification. And so what they do is they enable you to look at all of your positions and really maximize the amount of assets you can have in those convicted stocks, and including things like ESG. So you can put ESG data around there to make sure that you're balanced out in your portfolio. And that investment process is then codified. So if the manager leaves, the next manager can come in and it can continue because you want to have performance go on, not just if one manager leaves, but actually as the organization continues to go forward in time. Okay, great. That makes sense. So how are asset managers incorporating outsourcing and integrated solutions as a key component of their growth strategy? I know you did touch on that a little bit before. Yeah. Firstly, you need to think about outsourcing Right, not as just okay. I want you to do X, Y, and Z for me. But think of it this way: we are the factory floor for that asset manager. Right. So what they're doing is saying we want to use you, Northern Trust, as our platform for growth. And 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 if you think of that, that changes everything, right? Because you're not just doing a task; you're actually helping them get better data to make better investment decisions. You're helping them focus on distribution and giving them better information so they can distribute their products. You're doing it at less cost, 
So we have scale in that because we build factories, right? So we're doing that. So it's much less cost. So when managers, so when they look at who should they outsource to, um, one of the things in the survey is that they really looked at 74% of the people said organizational strength and stability is a critical consideration in outsourcing. And so if you think about it, we're, we're a regulated organization. So APA regulates us, the Fed Reserve regulates us all across the world, right? Would you rather outsource to an organization that is regulated? They know that we're investing tons. I mean, we have 580 people on cybersecurity, all right? So you'd rather do that than some small fintech that may or may not be around. Because as an asset manager, you're not going to trust your factory floor to anyone that's not really sound and stable and strength. So that, that's one. They also look at the breadth of, of service offering, right? Because you have to be able to handle different things. If you handle equities but can't handle fixed income, well, that's a problem. And then what if you want to uh, like branch off and buy alternative assets? So you want to do private equity. Well, we got to handle that. So the breadth of the service offering becomes very important. Again, that factory floor, got a lot of things you got to build on it. Got to make sure it's there. One of the things that I disagree with the survey on, and I, I agree with most everything, but only 9% of the organization said that cultural alignment is important. And I was, I was shocked at that because I will tell you when I go and I meet with organizations and I meet with the CEOs, et cetera, cultural alignment is a huge factor ultimately on who they pick because they realize that back to that factory floor, we're an extension of them. If they, they, we're not the electric company, just turn the, turn the lights on. And then if it doesn't turn on, you bitch and moan. We're, we're an extension of their operations and culture matters. And so I believe that that's, that's, is a little bit different. I'm going to have to go argue with the people that filled out the survey on that one. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what the next survey says and if that changes. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so Pete, I have to ask, what does the future landscape of asset management look like? I know a recent study by PwC predicted about 16% of asset managers currently in the market will cease to exist by 2027. So what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's an interesting question because the industry is changing dramatically, right? You do have consolidation occurring. So uh, organizations are buying each other. You know, here, uh, Perpetual bought Pendle, right? Other organizations, superannuation funds are buying other superannuation funds, all consolidation. Internalization is happening. So very large asset owners across the globe are internalizing their own asset management. So instead of hiring asset managers, they're doing it themselves, right? That being said, the one thing that's really interesting, because we service over 2,000 um, asset owners, everybody wants alpha, all right? So everybody wants to know, how can I beat the market? And they're willing to pay for alpha. And as long as that still is there, there's a place for asset managers. Now, some will, 16%, doesn't surprise me at all. They'll go away. But then you know what? There'll be another 16% that pops up as startups, new ideas. The smart people realize if they can generate alpha, they get, um, they get paid. But what is happening is the new asset classes are beginning to, to just proliferate. So if you go back 20 years ago, private credit didn't, you know, didn't exist too much. Now, one of the hottest offerings in the marketplace is asset managers that actually, you know, they lend. It's private credit and they bundle that up into a fund. And so I think where if you sit back and say, will active equity managers be around? There'll be a place, but there'll be less of them. 
But asset managers as a whole, doing multiple asset classes, there will always be a place and always be um, uh, successful managers out there. But there'll be a churn, no question. Yeah, and like you said earlier, it's great to be an optimist. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, those were all my questions, Pete. Um, And thank you so much for sharing your insights with us. I certainly found a lot of those points that you highlighted really interesting, and I'm sure our listeners will as well. Thank you so much, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your time down under. Great. Thank you. Appreciate being here. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thanks for listening to this Financial Standard podcast. For more information, visit financialstandard.com.au. Please keep in mind that the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider personal circumstances. Reliance should not be placed on any content without further independent financial research and advice. 